So I don't have an iPhone, but if I did, I would ask it, hey, Siri, Ani, can you turn my franchise around? Welcome to Trust the Process Live. We're brought to you by My New Philly, but as always, I am your host, James Hyden, here with my guys, Doc Locke, Josh Saffron. How was the week for you betting-wise? Oof, overall pretty rough, but in the eyes of Doc Locke, three and one and we'll always sign up for that doing well how are we doing banners let's take three and one i'm, I'm doing all right and then the thing is siri's talking to me right now you know what i i i blame, I blame max for that i do because that's a little bit ridiculous siri i don't care what you're at what you're telling me my guy the yg young gentleman himself james jackson how are you my guy <laughs> how am i how am yep. i doing I don't think I've come down yet. I'm still somewhere on cloud nine. I haven't I haven't even had to fathom what, what today is yet. It still seems surreal. <laughs> I mean, we're going to the bowl, baby. We're going hey, to the bowl. On that. I never congrats on that, my man. It's 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 a beautiful feeling. But but I know I my my team and, and their illustrious success isn't isn't the main focus of our show today. So I won't rub my success into your face today. Next week, week. next week you can. We're next week you can. Next week, we're gonna talk about y'all. Super Bowl preview. I get, I get two weeks. I love it. All right, the man with the five digits initially. Did he add more? Did he add less? He'll let you know at the end of the show. Max Coolish, my friend, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm feeling great. I have uh, a lot of fun watching the NBA this year. I don't. I don't know what what Super Bowl you guys are talking about. That must be a sport I don't pay attention to or something. Uh, it's basketball but, uh, season I've for really you, been enjoying the it's Sixers. The Sixers, you know, the only it. team in Philadelphia playing right now. Them and the Flyers. I love it. So before we get right into it, I'm going to kind of hijack the first question. And before we get to the first question, uh, I, we'll, we'll let all the viewership know what it's about. It's out. It's about Nick Sirianni, of course. The new guy who has been brought in to, like I said in the title, turn the franchise around. Um, but I kind of want to highlight something that bugged me a little bit, and I and I want to toss it to you guys after I have my little uh, soapbox. I've been listening and reading so much. I, I yeah, I'm I'm gonna take my thirty. It might end up being a little bit longer, but I've I've heard way too much and I've read too much about giving Nick Sirianni the benefit of the doubt. So I told this to Josh. Um before the show. And I'm not here to argue him getting the benefit of the doubt. I just want to highlight why he gets the benefit of the doubt and some others don't. So it kind of bothers me because Sirianni comes in and it, it's that age old question of, is he one of the guys in the kitchen, which with all of the, with the head coach and the front office, is he one of the guys in the kitchen that's actually cooking? And is he one of the ingredients or is he just standing there and letting the head coach cook, letting the offense coordinator cook is, he is, is, he, chef. is there as a, is there as a figurehead. Now guys like Sirianni. And when I say guys like Sirianni, I think everybody knows what I mean. Always get the benefit of the doubt and say, no, he's one of the main ingredients. He's been hands-on. He's one of the reasons why everything's so good. Now I want to ask everybody out there why guys like Byron, like Byron Leftwich and mainly like Eric Bieniemy don't get that same benefit of the doubt. And without giving you the answer to the question, I'm pretty sure you all know what I mean. It's it's kind of crazy because when you take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and JJ, this isn't a slight on your bucks at all, every single coordinator and, and specialist coach under Bruce Arians is a person of color. But we got Bruce Arians, one of the old guard, one of the old boys club. 
I just want people to start taking a look at that and and kind of realizing why Eric Bieniemy hasn't gotten calls. Like he like he might be the favorite for the Texans job, and the fact that I have to say might be is absolutely incredible. He won a Super Bowl last year with Andy Reid, and they're going back to the Super Bowl this year to try and run it back. And the fact that he actually people have the the unmitigated gall to question after Patrick Mahomes has spoken on it so many times and Alex Smith went out of his way to, to not only speak on it, but I think he wrote an article himself. Like, it's fine. You know what? It's, that's fine if we really have to have that conversation about if you want to be hesitant about a new head coach, if you want to be hesitant and, and have that conversation about does he get the benefit of the doubt, that's fine. We have to have that conversation because you need to know you're hiring the right guy. But let's realize who we actually automatically give the benefit of the doubt to right now and who we don't. And just take that with you. Do with it what you will. But be mindful and realize what's going on. Um, so that's my 30. Just wanted to highlight that. Um, do you guys uh, anything to anything to say? Am I wrong? No. Talk to you. Not, not only are you not wrong. Yeah, you, you are – that was one very well said. I don't have too much to add to that. You hit, you know, you put that very much into perspective. Um, and I think that that's a way that a lot of people haven't looked at it before is, is getting the benefit of the doubt that there are certain people who get the benefit of the doubt and certain people who just don't get it. Like you just, you know, it's, it's a, a right to some and, and not to others. So, I mean, I think the Eagles don't have to look too far within their own organization with, with a guy like Deuce Staley who got completely overlooked for a lot of jobs that even he thought he was in line for. And since he got overlooked for him has requested to be let go by the Eagles because, you know, I think I deserve it. So I'm going to, I'm going to go get it elsewhere. Um, Well, Deuce actually, he got hired by the lions today as the exact same position as the the running game uh, consultant and the assistant head coach. Like if we really have to keep doing this, like how did he not? And, and and it's a shame to Deuce. I don't know if he got a better offer. This is probably the best offer he got, but why? Like, why is that the best offer he got? Like, you're telling me when there was a list of quarterbacks out today that I think there are only like something like nine or ten quarterbacks that are locked in to start week one next season. Like, this could be the craziest quarterback carousel season of all time. And we're really not going to look at the coaching staff behind all of those. And there's really not more than there's really not one offensive coordinator job that would love to have Deuce Staley as their offensive coordinator. Like, this is really what we're doing. Like, I, I just. I don't get it. So that's my that was that was my 30. Um, and I say all that not to take a slight at Nick Sirianni. I just want to highlight that a lot of people didn't know who Nick Sirianni was before he got the hire. And kind of compare that to Eric Bieniemy, who is now a household name for what he's done. That's again, this is not a slight at Nick Sirianni. I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt. My 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 reason or my main point was. I think everybody deserves at least some part of the benefit of the doubt, and he, and you need to you need to vet everybody. Um, you need to vet everybody the same way. Uh, so that's that's just kind of where my where my train of thought was going. But that leads us right into talking about uh, Nick Sirianni. So what what are what are our immediate reactions, Josh? I'm going to toss this to you first. Nick Sirianni, the guy who. Uh, comes from a coaching tree with a familiar name, one that you have brought up previously and, uh, and are a big fan of. So, Josh, tell me tell me a little bit about your reactions to Nick Sirianni. Well, Ben, it's a perfect segue. My, my, first, my first reaction, honestly, was who? That was my first and foremost reaction. 
because like you just touched on banners, my, my number one, it was Eric B I think I can speak for a lot of Eagles fans by saying Eric B was far and away my number one and, and banners. I, I would be ignorant to, to say everything you said was not a factor, you know, maybe not specifically here, but I have to wonder, did the Eagles just not want to hire someone coming from the Andy Reid coaching tree again? That's got to be what I'm thinking of. But the bottom line is this. They've made the decision. There's nothing we can do. The Eagles can't go back in time and get Eric Bieniemy. They can't go back in time and get Todd Bowles. <clears throat> Nick Sirianni's here to stay. And I think if the other choice is Jack Daniels, I am thrilled with Nick Sirianni. I would much rather have him. And, and if Nick Sirianni means that Miles Sanders is going to be touching the ball closer to 30 times every game, which I think is what it will mean, then I can live with it. I'm not thrilled about the hire, but looking at the Eagles' past successes, I got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Just as a new coach and, and some fresh uh, – we talk about the Sixers a lot with Brett Brown, deaf ears, maybe a fresh voice can give, can give you know, less so on Wentz. I don't want to get into Wentz too much quite yet. But I think for the whole team together, a fresh voice, it, it can't be too bad. Not number one, but I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm looking forward to what he will bring to Miles Sanders. I love it. I love it. JJ, talk to me about the. Um, uh, talk to me about your reactions from an outside standpoint. Someone who's sitting pretty good. <laughs> what are you thinking about? Uh, what, what did Siri tell you? Um, well, Siri told me one. You know, Josh, just to go off what you said, you don't want to get into Carson Wentz too early. I think this is what this move is exactly was about. If you yeah. remember, you know, right after they fired Doug Peterson, I thought it meant that Carson Wentz got his job back, and this reaffirms it. This is, yeah. is someone who is directly connected to to Frank Reich, to, to the last, you know, the, the missing piece of the, the last connection to an MVP Carson Wentz that, that y'all could find. And immediate reaction was, you know, if you guys can go get Frank Reich, we're going to go get the next best thing. If, if we can't get the guy that, you know, that we want, we're going to get the guy who's, who's running his offense. Who, who, by the way, comes at a personal recommendation from Frank Reich. Let's not let's not forget that he comes with you know that that reference attached to him. That's that's not a coincidence. Um, so I think this was an immediate move to to say, hey, can we fix fix Carson Wentz? And I think this was a statement from the organization that said we think we can. We think we can fix Carson Wentz, and this is the move that that gets us there. Look, it's clear that you guys have wanted to get back to. The, the closest remembrance of 2017 that you guys could ever get to. And, and familiar faces and familiar schemes is how you guys think you're going to get back there. It's how the Eagles think they're going to get back there. This is, you know, the closest thing to a familiar face from the coaching tree that's not Frank Reich or John Filippo by name that you could go get. And I think that was purposeful. I think that it was absolutely purposeful. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was a call to Frank Reich to say, hey, what can we offer you? And he said, you can't offer me anything but my OC – runs my offense. So you ain't got his, his mini me for, for $1 billion. You got his mini me. That, that's exactly what I'm thinking. And also it makes me a little upset for Jalen hurts because now it tells me that oh, at the end of this season, when Jalen hurts was never thought of as the quarterback moving forward, he was, he was thought of as go in there and get us to the end of the season and Carson go get right. Carson, go sit down and stop thinking about football for the rest of the season. Hang them up. Make sure you don't get hurt because next season we're going to come back and get someone who can fix you. Okay. Doug is not your guy anymore. That's, that's what makes me think if I look retrospectively but, back at this season. But, but you can't have a quarterback factory with only one quarterback. Like this, I, I it's, a, it's a big factory. You need to have a bunch of quarterbacks. 
And right? hey, and so you go get it. So you go get an offensive coordinator who's known that, you know, for being yet another quarterback whisperer, yet another quarterback fixer, yet another guy who can implement quarterbacks in the systems. You know, the, the, the stuff we hear all the time of when you have a struggling quarterback, we brought in a guy who's known to be good with quarterbacks. So you bring in another one. And I guess if Carson Wentz doesn't work, maybe he's good with other quarterbacks. But I think the Eagles' main focus right now is getting Carson Wentz back to that 2017 form. This is the closest guy that can get you to that. It's very true. Max, talk to me, man. That's uh I want I want to hear your optimism because I can I, I'm looking at you and I can see a glow in your eyes. I I you're glowing today you're, and I want to misreading me very hard then. You're misreading me pretty <laughs> much as hard as you could be on this. If I know my brother digits, it's not it's, it's not optimism coming. Because I'm on the totally other side of this. I don't think this guy deserves the benefit of the doubt. I think the Eagles are straight up chasing the dragon here because this is this is such a, a, a two steps backwards move out of them. It's it's honestly kind of disheartening yeah. as a fan to to see them, you know, desperately try and cling on to this when when you know there's so many, frankly, better and more qualified names on the market. Straight up. Like we we missed out on a guy who was clearly prime head coaching material in Robert Sala, which is fine. Like, you know, the Jets were were probably a higher on the coaching list than us, but you know, he was never even on the Eagles radar. I think he maybe even declined a, a chance to interview with the Eagles if if might be confusing him with someone else because that's really how kind of just, you know, in the middle of nowhere, maybe that's why they had to hire this guy. And JJ, I appreciate you trying to bring some optimism. Uh, maybe you guys think this is a good thing about the whole Frank Wright giving him the thumbs up reference. That is the biggest load of who gives a damn ever. The NFL is the biggest pat each other on the back league ever. Everybody, especially in coaching, it's like, oh, this guy worked for me. He's a great guy, hard worker, first one in, last guy. Well, it wasn't optimism. It wasn't optimism. It was it was pointing out why it happened. It's fair. Connection. He's coming yeah, back. I hate to just, you know, kind of drag. He's coming. But how many times have seen the ride? We're going to be tougher than everybody, guys. Dan Campbell. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to bite a kneecap off. Like, Sir, what? All right. Well, Max comes back. While Max comes back, we're going to move right on to uh, a subtopic of that. JJ, you mentioned him, man. And I want to – this This is a little bit of a, a side hustle right here. You mentioned the, the quarterback whisperer. And I actually think this might be one of the most underrated moves that the Eagles um, – that the Eagles actually pulled off. And they went and got – a quarterback whisperer from the Chargers of all places. They went out and got the guy and and Shane, listen to me, brother. I apologize if I butcher your last name, and it's not even an if. I'm going to say this wrong, so just throwing that out there, Shane. I'm sorry, buddy. They went and got Shane uh, Steichen from uh, from from the Los Angeles Chargers. I know that's not how you say it. I'm never going to get it correct until Shane actually gives me a call. So if you want to, you, we'll, we'll talk. But he's the guy who's pretty much responsible for Justin Herbert. So, uh, like Justin Herbert, who I mean, don't get me wrong, he shouldn't win Rookie of the Year because we all know who should win Rookie of the Year. He's a guy wearing purple. But there's there's one person that you can really look at for turning him into what he is. Because I mean, coming out of Oregon, the kid, you you could talk you could talk about the 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 intangibles and the big arm and everything like that, but. You got to give Shane – I'm not even going to try it. You got to give Shane credit 
for actually turning Justin Herbert into one of the more dynamic young quarterbacks in the league. So, uh, I mean, like it's tell me what you think about that. I I guess is what I'm trying to ask because it's, it was either that or promote Deuce Staley. And I think the Deuce Staley is a, a, a whole nother conversation, but JJ, how, like, is this a good move? Like, tell me what you think. I mean, here's the thing. It's a good move for, I guess, what the Eagles want to accomplish. Because um, Max hit it on the head when they're clinging to this idea of we have to get back to where we were instead of trying to figure out what we are now, what we're going to be. So the Eagles are stuck in 2017 where everything was good, everything was right, and they want to go back there. So if you want to go back there, that means getting Carson Wentz back to 2017 form, getting him back to MVP form. And what does that mean? Getting the system that worked with him and getting a quarterback coach that can coach him up to what Frank Reich and or John DeFilippo was able to do. And when you look around the league and you look at a quarterback who came in and wasn't supposed to do a whole lot and ended up being, you know, you know, one of the finals for offensive rookie of the year, you see a guy who looks who can develop quarterbacks, who can take the the wrong of what a quarterback is doing and put him on the right track. That's what the Eagles want to do. So they go out and get they go out and get Steven. I think it's Steichen. That's how I'm gonna pronounce it. Until yeah, we'll he until he gives yeah. us a call. It's, you know, Steichen, Steichen to me. That sounds Steichen. right. Okay. So you go out and get him. So, you know what I mean? If, if he's a quarterback whisperer, if he can get Carson back to where, you know, the Eagles hope that Carson can get back to, that, that they're clinging for Carson to get back to, then they made the right move. But objectively, did they make the right move? No, because I think their goal should be, like I've been saying for weeks and weeks now, damn near months, is to move on and move forward. Stop trying to go back to what you were, figure out what you are now, what you're going to be. But hey, like Max said, like Digit said, they're clinging to the idea of we can get back to 2017. So for 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 that objective, then I guess it was the right move. If that's your objective, sure. All right, Josh, tell me about the uh, tell me your initial thoughts about the guy who should be chained at the hip with Carson Wentz. I got I got some mixed feelings here about about chain about Mr. Spiken and. Well, what I said about Sirianni is I, I like Sirianni like in a, in a vacuum based on last year with the Colts and, and how their offense was run. I thought their offense could be run kind of comparable to the Eagles personnel. But there, I'm a little bit nervous about having someone, I believe, what is Sirianni, like 39? And I know Doug was young when he came in here too. I just feel a little nervous about Sirianni. Like Max said, it's the biggest pat on the back league, just calling up all his old buddies from all his other teams and, and you know, and – well, well, I gotta have I gotta give credit to Shane for last year. Justin Herbert clearly uh, overperformed expectations. I, I, you guys know me; I'm not married to this idea of Carson Wentz. So, so while Sirianni, that was like one A of of we're all in on Wentz. The the Sirianni calling up Shane over here, the quarterback whisperer, the Justin Herbert fixer. It was completely we're all in on Carson Wentz, and that that just scares me a little bit after seeing last season. I don't know how it can't scare you to, for every single move this team makes to be even farther going all in to Carson Wentz. And, and JJ I, and, and Banners, you guys are saying that the Eagles are going back to 2017 or at least trying trying to uh, coaching-wise. I, I just, I guess, I think my, the jury's still out in my mind. I can't tell if they're just really using Frank Reich's recommendations because, well, first of all, they know they made a mistake. They chose the wrong guy. That's a completely different conversation. But to me, it almost seems like the opposite. Like they're trying to just tear down all the walls and start no, fresh. no, no. no. That's that's them trying to go back. That's them trying to go back. I mean, it, you just said it. They feel like they made a mistake. So they mm -hmm. want to go back and, and fix their mistake. They want to go back and and and, and try to redo it. We we, we got to go back to they the Eagles have no they've won one Super Bowl in their franchise. Mm -hmm. So it went completely right one time. 
So they want to get back to when it, when they got it completely right. And if they can't get the guy that helped them get it completely right, they're going to go get the next best thing and all his buddies. Because clearly there's something in that water. There's something in that pool. So we want to go back and get it. It's, it's like when, when your buddy breaks up with a girl and then he walks in with, you know, a, a girl with the same name and all the same features and looks just like her. That's a very, I like that very like, good. You're, like, you're not moving on. This isn't this is what moving on looks like. Yeah. This is what clinging to an ideal looks like. This is what clinging on to the same girl looks like. You couldn't get her, so you ain't got the next best thing. JJ, I cannot argue with that. That was a great comparison. The only thing I'll say is I'll wait. I'll give it a little more time to, to meet the girl. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't, I haven't She's met probably Chirioni. great. She's probably great. She'll never be Frank. She's so, probably great. He, I he, hope yeah, she's yeah, not yeah. Frank. But, but at some point, you will say to yourself, ah, oh, but you're not Frank. You don't want him man? to do what Frank does. You want him to. You want him to like the same movies, listen to the same music, eat at the same restaurants. You want him so bad to be Frank, but he'll stop just short because he's not Frank, and you can't get Frank. So you have to move on from him. Move on, not not get the closest resemblance to him. So Max, we've been talking about the uh, the OC that they they handpicked from the the LA Chargers, and I'm not I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm not even gonna try with the name anymore because I respect you too much. Um, Max, the the OC that they uh, or he was the quarterbacks coach that they plucked from the LA Chargers to bring in here. What 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 do you think, my man? Well, I mean, I, I think that you know he certainly could have done worse, right? Like Justin Herbert up, right? I mean. I think I think that they they pick someone that you know certainly has the the potential to be you know a quarterback whisperer. It would, it would certainly be nice to have, and we could certainly use one in Philadelphia for this upcoming year. He's got two chances. He's, he's not even got a one for two, and it could be a success. And I think that's really uh, maybe my part about this hire is that you know if if Wentz is totally just broken beyond repair, I mean we just saw what he did with with the young. He's probably going to turn Justin Herbert into the rookie of the year. I mean. You know, I, I don't, I don't know if it's totally fair to expect Jalen Hurts to live up to that level, but um, you know, like I said, I, I think that it's, it's a really nice uh, contingency plan and to, to maybe have a guy who can one of these two quarterbacks into something special. Um, hey, so hitting five hundred gets I, into the Hall of Fame. Hitting five hundred, best, best hitter of all time. Hit five hundred. Exactly. Damn. Yeah, you hit five hundred. You got, you got, a, you got a nice bust in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? So you can go one or two. I think that's pretty good. Hey, the so last what? thing I'll say about Shane is he's sure as hell better than Press Taylor. That that was my biggest fear. Like, like I was just happy we don't have Press Taylor as our. OC. Yeah. I, I kind of cut out, but I just I want to end with this. It won't matter if if these coaches don't hold the quarterbacks accountable, and I think that's all. Ultimately, you know what'll what'll be the big. I didn't get to say this before I cut out last time, but hopefully, you know, from what I've read, Sirianni is like a little bit more willing to be, a, you know, tougher on on his players if, if he seems it. Not not as much as the lover as Doug was. So, you know, if if that's the case, then hopefully people will actually hold Lance accountable, and maybe he will bounce back. And if not, then he's probably just broken beyond repair, and we can move on and see if we have something with a, a second round pick. Doug the lover. All right, if that's how he's you remembered, remember, Doug you remember him first. I think that's I think like that's going to keep loving him, guys. That's Doug the lover. All right, that's that's how I will forever remember Doug Peterson's tenure in Philadelphia. Doug, Doug the, the lover. lover. We're going to pivot from football to basketball here. So we're going to talk about our Sixers, an undefeated week 
has our boys sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference. Now, they are playing the Pistons tonight. They're not looking great without Joel Embiid. Uh, they are down 17 to 7. Now, again, the game just started. They, they, the first half was a little rough, uh, the, the last game as well. But we're going to take that out. We're not going to, we're not going to end, let tonight yeah, enter that's not fair. This, this, our, this our estimation. Exactly. Exactly. So, is there a case to be made that the Sixers are the best team in the East? I, I still think they're. I, I, I want to know your guys' thoughts first before I, I let mine go. So, JJ, do, are, are we thinking the Sixers are the best team in the East right now? In the current state of the NBA, with, with where everything stands, where the chips have fallen right now at this moment, the Sixers are the best team in the East. Absolutely. The Sixers. Max, don't, don't, Max, don't do this. Don't look so – like, here he goes. Don't look so shocked like like I was never going to say that. Like, don't – like that. <laughs> Like don't don't paint this picture like it's so blasphemous that I would say like it's so flabbergasting that I would say that I give credit where credit's due. I don't root against the Sixers, and and I'm seeing a a, a Nets team that everyone was so excited to see how it gets pulled together. You 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 were excited. The, the, the Nets team you were excited about. They don't play defense, man. It's not about the one ball on offense. They don't. I got play I got you. I got you. And and look, they dropped back to back to the Cavs and the Sixers team where I think the best game they played all season was against Boston on Friday night that that's yep. that's the way you that's the way you close out a game right there that was that was beautiful to see I, I'm a guy I, I called out last show and stepped up and and did his best work in the fourth quarter I was like hey if you play like that every game I got no problems yeah. we have no we have no debates you play like that every game people aren't debating your name like that and then not only are there the you saw your IG East, stories yeah the, and the, <laughs> exactly but and not only the beast the east but Joel and B is the MVP front runner right now Easy. so the, so the, the Sixers right now are top of the Eastern Conference. Look, they, I mean, they got the, the benefit of playing both both Boston games without Jason Tatum, but they took advantage of them. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks are, are having their up and down roller coaster the start of the season where they look good for a stretch of three games, then look kind of normal and average for a stretch of two. Look like maybe they can get past what, you know, the limitations that Giannis brings. But, you know, right now, I think the Sixers are the best team in the East right now. And if they keep it up, they're going to be going in the playoffs with a number one seat if they keep this level of play up. All right, Max, talk to him. You crazy. you were so shocked. So, Max, talk to him. Did you? So I mean, if real, like I, no, nah, I mean, come on. You know, I had to. You know, I had to. I had to ham it up a little bit. <laughs> it was. It was definitely not because I, I. I'm not gonna lie. I just. I just thought you make the case for someone else. I'm surprised he gave us so much credit for those Celtics games. Like, I, I was very impressed by what I saw in the fourth quarter. But just in the back of my mind, I know that Jason Tatum wasn't there. So. I guess that I'm just so you know I'm want to be hesitant to dive in. You know, you took care of business. I don't wanna... You took care of business. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you lose to the Nets without KD and Kyrie, six, then, then I get on. Team has a lot more fight, and they have a lot of. Yeah, I, I think you. I think you. I think you're right. I just think the Sixers team's different feel. You can tell that. You can tell that this team just operates differently than the last couple of years. There's a lot of games in this. These last, honestly, the last two to three weeks that, that this same core, but last year would, would not have won those games. I, I think the last game against the Pistons, the maybe. Pistons, yeah, the first um, Pistons. Yeah, game, that was yesterday. That, that feels like it was so long ago. That was literally like a 20, 24 hours ago. That, 
easily they lose that year. There's no way they they two they they sweep Celtics on a back to back with even no Jason Tatum last year. Just like a lot of those things wouldn't happen last year, and that's what makes me want. Like I, I'm ready to jump in. I just I just don't want to get my heart broken yet. It's not even February. We're not even close to the All Star break. Do it. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. I'm, I'm I'm dipping my foot in the water. I'm getting a feel for it. I'm ready to jump in. I'm just not not there yet. But I, I do I do love this team. They, they they really play well. It feels like there's a lot of different lineup combinations. It feels like they're never. It, it feels like outmanned or, or outgunned in any situation. It feels like between the the coaching and the roster construction and the way I've seen multiple guys play with with multiple sets of different guys around them, how they've overcome you know COVID spur and you know not having Simmons and B like there's a lot of positives to take out of this team and you know sure to have a stinker without John B it, it seems like you know that is still I mean at this point any team would be really bad without their superstar MVP candidate right we can we can say that officially now that now that you know as of January 25th it seems like he's the media darling for MVP there's a lot of time it's it's crazy to think I, I you know I believed in the Sixers as much as anyone I didn't think we'd be sitting here to you know, a month into the season, Sixers is the best team in the East with with Embiid and MVP talk. I, I didn't. Well, hey, we're already eighteen games in. Like it feels like this this shortened season this shortened season's flying by. But Max, that uh, flying. that that that's, stinker you're talking about without Embiid, that's tonight. Yeah, that is might be worse? that might be coming sooner than we thought. Um, but Josh, Thank talk to me, right. man. What's uh, what, what are your thoughts about the hierarchy of the Eastern Conference? I think Max and I are in near identical positions where it, it, when we see this team, we see what they're doing, but it's also I, kind of not, not to this extent, but we've kind of seen this before specifically from Embiid. Now, not to this extent, don't get me wrong. Embiid always starts out red hot. And this year, the MVP whispers have been going on a little more longer and his numbers have been a little bit higher. And I'm, I am buying full on into Embiid. I think, I think this, it will drop a little, but I think there's going to be his best season by far. I just I'm not ready to make the leap and say they're the beast of the East. I'm just thinking in in the perspective of of you know if we were to go into the playoffs now if we're going to go into the playoffs tomorrow I would say yes they are they are the beast of the East. But I'm just nervous. The Brooklyn Nets now I, I've been I've been over and I've said it before the Brooklyn Nets can't play defense. Brooklyn Nets might st- set scoring records and and could still lose to the Charlotte Hornets somehow some way in, in the playoffs now. Maybe not that much. I, I don't believe that. But you get the sentiment I'm going at here. It's just so hard for me to look at the Brooklyn Nets team, see Kevin Durant, see James Harden. Maybe maybe Kyrie will retire and they'll get a little better. But this just – I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sit here today and say the Sixers are the beast of the East. I think they can be, and that's what they're showing. This is the Sixers playing at their best. I'm not ready to do it. I I, I hate oh. to say it because I don't believe in the Nets, but just look at the pure talent. Look at the pure scoring. I don't see how the Sixers could cover those guys. Look, look at the talent of your own team. Look at the talent of your own team. Look, oh, look. Did you know what I'm saying? Yeah, give yourself some credit now. Give yourself some credit now. The, we see, talked about we're the much, MVP front runner. Josh, I'm very surprised at how I'm much so love surprised. you're giving the Nets. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You, of all, you, you of all of us are the hesitant one. That's – Ladies and gentlemen, here's, here's that's, not, that's not normal. That's not normalcy. Where Josh well, Safran is the hesitant one. I think the hesitancy comes from my lack of belief in Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. 
I still you know, need to be shown a little bit more from both. I, of I hear you. Simmons had a great week last week, but if, if he can, if he can keep it up every week, yeah, the Sixers are the beast of the and East. That's the point. That's the point right there. You hit it on the head. If he can keep this up every week, sustainable play. Last year, you had a coach that I don't think believe that I don't believe could coach to sustainable play, and that's in Brett Brown. I think the well, difference that all of us are noting, Max, mm-hmm. you talk about how this team looks different. They're winning games they normally lose last year. They're, they're doing things on a consistent basis. They're running an offense. So that looks you get a Hall of Fame coach. And, and why? Because you got a Hall of Fame coach. Yep. That, 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 that makes everything different when you have and, a Hall of Fame coach on a bench, a guy who's coached many of talents. He's coached some MVPs. He's coached to the finals. Like, he's, he's done it. He knows how to make players and take teams – to the next level, he's done it, and it looks like he's starting to do it with this Sixers team. It looks like it. I don't mean to Dude, be all so the back and forth. All he needs to do is win one ring, and we'll just milk like Celtics. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I don't I don't mean to seem so back That's and forth. Like, They're riding that way 13 years later like it just happened. I, I want to do yeah. that. I want to do that. <laughs> I hear you. I don't want to be – I don't want to sound so bad. I want so to be 2034 and be still screaming about the Sixers. Like we're the best team in the league. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'd, I my thoughts are I think as currently constructed, um, I think the Sixers are second in the East. I think they're very. It, I won't say second. I think it's one A one B. Um, but I but I that's but that being said, currently constructed means big picture of the East. Like the Heat are right now not in the playoffs. Like I think. Um, okay. Like I don't think the Pacers are in the playoff picture either. Like the, the four seed right now, and I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling up their uh, the Eastern Conference standings right now. I they're they're weird. Like the fourth seed, I think is is New York. Like the New York Knicks are the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference right now. Like the, the they're Eastern playing great ball. They're not. playing great ball. Well, stop that. Uh, RJ yeah, R- 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 Barrett and Brandon are playing, playing great ball. Like playing great ball. It's the Eastern Conference as currently constructed. We don't really have a real idea about. I think they're definitely better. I think the Sixers are definitely better than Boston. I think they're definitely better than Indiana. Um, I think they're better than Cleveland, even though we we got blown out against them last time. Um, like the Hawks are the seven seed right now. Like it's the the, the Eastern Conference is is weird. Now I like I like the Hawks more than most people. Um, so I would go one A one B right now with Milwaukee. Um, but I think there's a lot of room for growth. Um, and when I say growth, I think it's only one player that I'm talking about because as currently constructed, the Sixers could have, for the first time in NBA history, the first um, team with two players shooting 50, 40, 90 at the same time in a season. Like, And and Josh, for you to say I need to see more out of Tobias Harris, I think is absolute blasphemy. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, He's been consistent, man. Consistency is the name of the game. We're quarter of the way through the season, man. That's... That counts. And I think if you run it back, if you run it back and check tape, I'm the one that was always like, I was always the proponent of docs. The, the, the Tobias whisperer, man, like he, he was one of the most effective pick and roll players in the league under doc rivers in, in, uh, in Los Angeles. Like he knows what to do with them. It's the, that, that whole thing you've been hearing about the, the no hesitation, like get the ball in your hands, either fucking take that shot or give me two dribbles and, and, and take that shot from the elbow. Like it is. No, I can't refuse how to work Tobias Harris. So, um, I I can't, I can't refute it. It's just that the Tobias one is, is a little more personal than the Ben one, believe it or not. Well, that's that's my one A one B. So the starting five of Ben Simmons, what starting five of, of, 
Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, um, Danny Green, Joel Embiid, and Tobias Harris. When that five starts, Sixers are nine and zero. So when you got your yep. when you got your guys on the floor and, and you're ready to go, guys are guys are undefeated. What's uh, yeah. what's the record without Joel though? No wins, I'm pretty hey. sure. All right. No one, right. no one wants to look at the record without their best player. Of course not. So I talked, about the, I talked about the uh, the unbeaten week, but now we have a huge measuring stick against the reigning NBA champions Wednesday night. All right, so we're going to go around, JJ, expectations for this game versus LeBron James and Anthony Davis. LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Look, LeBron James and Anthony Davis got it on cruise control right now. But they're doing just enough to beat teams. They're not. They're not. They're not going above and beyond. But they're doing exactly what they need to do to beat you. And Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and the Sixers right now are the beasts of the East. But that's the best player in the world right there. That's that's the defending champs right there. That's 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 different. When we're talking. That's a different level now. Okay. There's there's levels to this. Um. So I, I'm expecting a hard fought game. I'm expecting the Sixers and, and Doctors um, to kind of rise to the occasion against the defending champs. Rivers is very familiar with LeBron James. Very, very familiar with LeBron James. Um, so he's going to know how to, you know, uh, you know, somewhat of a game plan to throw to throw at him. Um, but I think the Sixers, you know, they they take a tough one uh, on Wednesday. And, and wow. I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet against LeBron James. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet against LeBron, as in take as in like they lose. They take a tough. L oh, okay, all right. I I thought I thought, I thought yeah. that was like the second. Uh, oh, well, 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 the fact that all three of you got got and they're gonna beat the Lakers. Like if I got two out of two from you on that, I would have yeah. like I would have go and bought a lottery ticket because no. that that's that's my point. That's that's my point. You're playing great basketball, but that's the defending champs right now. They're playing the best basketball in the league. They're eleven and four, best record in the NBA. Um. So that that's not yet. Y'all are playing good basketball, right. but not not that one yet. Not that. All one. right, uh, Max. What are your expectations for the uh, for the Lake Show on Wednesday? Um, I mean, right. It, it, it's hard to it's hard to confidently predict a win here, right? I will certainly say that the the Sixers can win this game. This game is is definitely winnable. This would not be a surprise to me if they win this game. You know, quite frankly, JJ's right. The Lakers are in cruise control, and and they they come out and they do just enough to beat teams on, on most given nights. I, I will say this. One thing that maybe this is kind of like a – this is like a personal theory of mine is that just it, – it's more so – I don't even want to do it. It's going to take too long to explain. But basically with Doc Rivers moving teams, right, he's familiar with them. It's like playing an old divisional foe of yours but for a different team now. So you get to approach the matchup in a totally different – the Lakers saw the Doc Rivers Clippers, what, like 10 times total last season. They knew all the wrinkles they could throw at them, right? So now Doc Rivers has the knowledge of playing the Lakers 10 times in one season, but now he has a totally different tool set to use against them and to mm. to counteract how like the Lakers that. are still more or less the same team from last year. They're, yeah. they're still a very well-oiled machine, but they're still largely the same core of guys that won the title. So this is this is big potential for a big statement win for the Sixers here. If they if they win this game against the Lakers, you know, that's that's a game you're gonna take in hand over most other teams that play them. Like hell, the Bucks just lost to the Lakers last week. I actually had the Bucks in that game. I, I thought the Bucks I thought the Bucks would be able to sneak one past the Lakers. And this, you know, this is maybe bias coming out of my end, but how many times can the Lakers, you know, eke out these these five point games over close, you know, elite top level teams? I think the Sixers maybe have a good chance to to, to maybe equal out over the Lakers. I'll say this: I certainly don't 
don't you know, confidently you know expect it. But I think that the foundation is absolutely there, and I think that if they are able to, it'll most likely be the fact that Doc Rivers has the familiarity of how to deal with them to to such a large extent, and, and he knows how to kind of combat against a championship level team. You know, compared to uh, uh, you know, quite frankly, the Sixers have not been been putting out amazing performances against most elite teams in the league over the last couple of years, right? But I, I think that has you know, kind of started to shift direction this year, and I think that could continue. I think Josh, talk to me, man. What are your expectations for Wednesday night? Oh man, I uh, I got it's it's funny because I I went and said the Sixers are not the beasts of the East, but I actually have some lofty expectations for Wednesday <laughs> night. Um, and, and, and what, what, what is this look? What is this look banners? No, I don't understand. How are they not the beast of the East, but they're about to go beat the defending champs on Wednesday. I don't understand. Because it's the NBA. Any team, first of all, any team can beat anyone on this any given football, night. Man. This ain't any, any given Sunday. All right. All right. Now that I got the floor, now that I got the floor, this is the NBA. And I think Joel Embiid, he, first of all, he is as hot as they come right now. And the Sixers, I don't know. They hear people like me saying that they're not, not specifically me. I'm sure they're not listening to me, but there's a debate. Are they the beasts of the East? This is a huge game for them. This is a huge statement game for them. And, and more specifically for Joel Embiid going against that, you know, a heavyweight fight with Anthony Davis. He hasn't had the opportunity. I think the Sixers are approaching this game and taking it a lot more seriously and putting a lot more weight on this game than the cruise control, been there, done that Lakers. And that's not to take anything away from the Lakers. They're pro- they're definitely the best team in the NBA right now. But you guys are all alluding to it. They're on cruise control. I mean, LeBron's listed as day-to-day every single day. It's almost like a joke. But, I mean, like, these guys are old. They've been there before. I don't think the Lakers are going – you know, they're just going to try and cruise it. If Embiid's hot, if Embiid gets Anthony Davis's number, which I think will happen, MVP Embiid, I think the Sixers will win on Wednesday. But I'm not going Doc Lockwood. I'm not telling you to lock it in. It's – no, no, no. I just think Sixers can win this one on Wednesday. That's my official prediction, a W. So I'm going Sixers by six and a half. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. Uh, I'm calling a win. Um, it's mainly the half point. It's uh, exactly. I'm, I'm giving you six and a half. So this is why Joel Embiid is not playing today. Like this, this is this is the reason why Joel Embiid's not playing today. Um, but if you look at it. Joel Embiid's three and one versus Anthony Davis in his career. Like they've never played in the playoffs. So this is, we're sticking a regular season here. They, he's three and one versus Anthony Davis. So let's imagine, let's say worst case scenario, Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis put up relatively similar games between 23, like 20 and 25 points. Let's say, let's call it, let's call that a, a, a wash. Um, I mean, Joel is probably going to give you a couple more boards than Davis and just throw Ben Simmons at LeBron James. Like, just go and say, go have yeah. fun, Ben. This is your guy. This is the one that you yeah. always get up for. Go. This is the one. This is the game. If there's one matchup you can deal with Ben Simmons being elite defender and not against LeBron in the league. Yeah. Exactly. This, this, this yeah. is the one that you, this is the one that keeps you up at night, Ben. This is the, he, you train with him. Have fun. You're LeBron's all years, all night. But and ben, to be honest, I think that's a win. I think that's a winning formula against the Lake Show. Josh, what 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 what, what, what do you think? I was, saying, I was just saying that's exactly my point because I don't want I'm not trying to be some takesman or anything that like that by saying the Sixers are gonna win on Wednesday. The bottom line is LeBron and Anthony Davis aren't resting for the Sixers. Like the Sixers clearly are this is a big game for them, and that's what I think pushes them over. I love it. Well, Wednesday night, the Sixers. I think that's a seven or seven thirty game, I believe. Uh yeah, seven thirty game. Seven thirty um, is what so, the graphics says. 
Exactly. I hate matching, right? It should be ESPN. It should be ESPN, yeah. So Wednesday night versus the reigning champs. Tune in to catch the Sixers there. And while you catch the Sixers on ESPN, you can also catch us wherever you find your podcast, whether that be Anchor, whether that be Spotify, whether that be Apple Podcast. I don't know. SoundCloud? I don't know. Are we on SoundCloud? If not, we can get on SoundCloud. If you listen. Oh, it's probably. Exactly. Wherever you find your podcast, you can find us. Just type in TTPL Philly. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. We're brought to you by My New Philly. Don't forget it. Now, we are going to move right into our little segment. We brought it back because we liked it so much. Winners and losers. But this is the playoff edition, gentlemen. So I'm going to give you a a broad view. I'm going to let you paint with a broad brush here, okay? Josh, I'm going to come to you. We're going to go around the horn. Winners and losers, all right? We're going to start with the winners. So Josh Safran, Doc Lock, biggest winner of the NFL playoffs as they are as a whole. You know, I, I, I'm not picking a player. I'm not picking a team. Biggest winner was legacy. I, I don't know. This was like a WWE of, of a playoff matchup with you got Patrick Mahomes, you know, going against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Maybe it'll be Tom Brady's last one to cement the legacy. Maybe it'll be the passing of the baton. You got the Aaron Rodgers situation with the kick. Like, so, so sums up his entire career. Gives you some questions about his legacy. I, I just felt like there were a few duds this playoffs. But at the end of the day, the real winner of this playoffs was legacy for all, for all around. All right. Max I like, I like it. Max A. Million, your winner. I mean, it's it's got to be the Bubbles. I mean, they, they, they were like a, a dark horse, sexy team to maybe – I don't think a lot of people really expected them to make it to the AFC title game. And there was that brief leading six minutes in the beginning of that game where they were up nine to nothing before it really, really all hit <laughs> the fans. Were they were. But yeah. regardless, that's a, that is a season that team should be extraordinarily proud of. Uh, that's, you know, they did that city justice. Nobody deserves it more than Buffalo, Philadelphia included. Now that we've won our Super Bowl, not to brag or anything, yeah. but um it, it was it was really it's not it's not all the time you see it's not all the time you see the project come together the young quarterback get, gets drafted as the raw project you know ascend from you know why the hell are they taking this guy in the top 10 i'm a fan i know better than who this guy brought us to the afc title game in three years and and they built that team around him they identified his strengths and and you know the last three years if, if you're looking to rebuild from scratch or near it these buffalo bills are to follow Love it. JJ, your winner from the NFL playoffs so far. My yep. winner? Yeah. My winner of the NFL playoffs is me. That's who the winner is. <laughs> not, just, not just the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but me in particular. James Jackson, Jimmy J, young gentleman, me. You know what it's like growing up? Not just in Pennsylvania, in, in and around Philadelphia. As a non-Eagles fan, you know what that's like? Yeah. You know, you know the ridicule you get for like anybody else that doesn't wear that midnight sucks. green? And yes. then liking a team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Banner's knows. But then liking a team that, that's been down and out for pretty much 18 straight years has been one of the <laughs> laughing stocks of the league for 18 straight. I've been down. My loyalty has been tested. Tested, tried and true. Damn, my loyalty was tested. But I stuck through it. Knowing at some point 
it gets to be my time. At some point, the heavens have to open up and shine on me, right? Like at some point, it's got to fall my way. And then this summer, that beautiful blessing was named Tom Brady. And he brought us to where to where I knew that staying down was going to bring us to eventually. Now the goal, the goal is no by, by means by by no means done. We're we're by no means finished. But that man brought us to a place that we haven't sniffed in 18 years. And all those times I got asked, why are you a Bucks fan? Why do you like rooting for this team? Don't you want to root for the home team? Don't you want to root for a good team? Who the hell is the Buccaneers? Every time I got those questions, I thought of this day. I thought of now. Because I knew at some point we were getting here, I am the winner of these playoffs. Me. Give me the damn Lombardi trophy if we win. Because I've been holding it down here in Southeastern PA by my damn self. By my damn self. Woo! It's been me. So does everybody get one of those moments? Is that Yeah. They're earned. Yeah, you'll get it. You'll get it, man. It's coming. Does that I'm come around? You, stay down. Stay is down. Is that like a buffet? Does everybody – can I – am I in line? Do I – is it like the crab <laughs> legs at Ruby Buffet? Am I just like – am I in line for the crab legs at Ruby Buffet? Am I Am I coming up? Is that – just tell me how many people are in front of me. That's cool. I just want to know. I just want to – like, before I die. Stay down, banners. Stay, stay down. All right. Well – Stay down. You're all more- right. I guess. Um, my biggest winner – uh, my biggest winner is actually two coaches, um, and I, and then for for similar reasons, I'm going to say Brian Dayball and Kevin Stefanski. Um, so so oh, Dayball mainly because of what Max said. Like Josh uh, Josh Allen, when he came out of school, the only thing he could do was throw the ball over the over those mountains that are out there in Wyoming. Everything else and run, but everything else. He didn't really. I mean, before the before this season, he never had a completion percentage over fifty percent. So, Brian Dayball, come on down, man. You did a hell of a job with three years turning this kid into a top five quarterback in the league, and uh, he's about to get paid for it. And uh, the other guy, I think, who, um, who who already said Kevin Stefanski, he brought some glory. It might not be the ultimate glory, but he brought some glory to the most downtrodden town in the continental United States, Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns got a little shine of glory from Kevin Stefanski. Now he wasn't there for uh, he, he wasn't there for their first playoff win, but he's, he's one of the reasons he, that they got there. He, uh, he helped turn. And I think it's funny. He did the same thing he did with Baker Mayfield with Kirk cousins. It's, it's not, I, we're not giving you the keys to Ferrari. You can ride shotgun. You can play the, and you can and control the radio. But uh, it's and I'll, I'll give Stefanski and Dayball all the credit in the world. They did a great job um, for for what they were doing, and I think Dayball is going to be one of the hotter names. Um, if he's not hired this year, definitely next year. Um, and Stefanski's already there to to try and turn Cleveland into a perennial uh, powerhouse. So they got a couple ingredients. So good for those guys. But now we're going to pivot to losers, and we're going right back around. Josh Safran, your loser of the playoffs. Ooh, I almost didn't pick them as the loser because I always thought they were going to lose. But then I thought, mm, there are people who were really picking this team in the Super Bowl this year like they did the last however many years they picked them. The crybaby, crybaby Saints and and good riddance to their quarterback, Drew Brees. Yeah, just keep talking about how you would have beat – just another year. Keep talking about how you would have beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl and I, – I, Look, I don't want to say that the dynasty is over, but that – That's over. What? 
That was their last. It was never a dynasty. They I... only won one Super Bowl. <laughs> and that one's one tainted. Dynasty Super Bowl. That's how it works. And two thousand nine. And it wasn't even with this dynasty. It wasn't even with this regime. It's not even the same dynasty that won the Super Bowl. Two thousand nine yeah, is a freaking asterisk. Keep crying, Alvin Kamara. Don't have to say too much about that one. Loser Saints. Love it. Max, you're a loser. <sighs> I don't really know, honestly. I, I feel like this is just like cheap because we just talked about the Browns, but I mean the Steelers, right? Like the Steelers were 11 and 0 at one point and they finished 1 and 5 down the stretch. It's and and you know, they got owned at they got they got dismantled at home by a team that they have owned for for literally longer than all of us have been been alive, not combined, but longer than any of our individual lifespans. The, the Browns have had little success, and that's probably that's probably being generous without knowing the full statistic. You know, the full the full win loss record. Seeing little success of the, for the Browns against the Steelers probably pretty fair for the last uh, twenty five years. Um, it's got to be the Steelers. It's got to be the Steelers. There was there was the point where where people thought they were, were it. You know, best defense, amazing high power offense, and and you know they got they got figured out and they got figured out quick. Completely agree, JJ. You're a loser of the NFL playoffs. Yeah, there was a couple of ways that I could potentially go with this. One of them was going to be not the Steelers as a whole match, but Ben Roethlisberger in particular. It was known as pretty much his last year. I came back to do it for y'all, and then at the end, it kind of just crashed and burned for him. But he had he had his own little powwow moment on the bench where he realized like, yeah. Is this is over? Um, you know, I, I think I'm pretty much done. Uh, but since you took the Steelers, I'll go on a different route and go back to the NFC. The Seahawks, that's got to be my biggest loser yeah. of the playoffs. Just, just absolutely, yeah. you know, just didn't get it done. I mean, you, you had a, uh, a second or third string quarterback in there. Uh, who the hell that be uh, of quarterback in there in the playoffs? And you know, he gets injured, and a quarterback who wasn't even supposed to play, a quarterback you probably should own healthy but wasn't even supposed to play, comes in and has what probably one of his best playoff performances against you with a, a dislocated thumb, with a broken thumb. And, and you know, it just seemed that after, I don't know, it was something weird. After that Giants loss in the regular season, the Seahawks to me never looked the Seahawks again. They just looked mm -hmm. like that, that's something that kind of beat them up a little bit. They knew they weren't supposed to lose that yeah. game. And they never got their moxie back after that. Russell Wilson never got back to him. DK Metcalf had a, tuple, a couple of games. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, DK Metcalf had a couple of games, but Jalen Ramsey was able to do what Jalen Ramsey was able to do uh, against him. It just never it never got back to where you thought the Seahawks, you know, oh, the Seahawks are it, like you thought at the end of week seven. But going into the playoffs, no one thought the Seahawks were it anymore, and they never got it back. And it seemed like they didn't put up, like, that much of a fight in their playoff game. And they got sent home. I agree. So my loser, again, is twofold. My losers are Chad Henney and Aww. player safety, the league's player safety. Oh, I'm okay. going to start off with the league's player safety because let's be honest, if it was a regular season game, Pat Mahomes probably would not have played that game. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was we're, we're masquerading a, a more serious injury as a pinched nerve. And even, I mean, if you pinch a nerve and you're still going back to your job, that is a uh, is is let's let's take let's take out desk job. Let's say you work in in manual labor. You pinch a nerve. You're probably not doing your job exceedingly well if you're even back to work for a week. And on top of that, add in turf toe. 
like, let's let's be real. Like, it, they the NFL thought about it and said, "Wow, we got championship weekend coming up." Yeah, hey, uh, hey, hey, Chiefs, you, you should probably have him play. He's all right, right? Yeah, he's good. He's all right. He's yeah, he's good. Thanks. All right, click. Like, it, we all know what's going on out there, and I, we're not. And I'm not saying I don't want to see Pat Mahomes play that game, but that is why my second loser is Chad Henney. And Chad Henney was, Chad was. He was, he was this close. He was, he was that close. He was that close to playing in an AFC championship game, and it just got foof, right out from under him. So, uh, so Chad, sorry, buddy. I know you wanted to play, but uh, real, Patty's back uh, real, by popular demand. Real quick before we uh, move on, I want to get a quick poll. Yes or no to Super Wild Card Weekend from everyone? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm in. I, I feel I'm like I'm the only one who is anti Super Wild Card Weekend. Don't like the extra Why? team. They don't deserve Why? it. I don't Why? like the Where extra you? team in there. I don't think they both, deserve both it. Both extra teams in NFC and AFC both deserved it. Like it's not, it's, it's not like it's not like a, a, a like, okay. The, the Bears maybe you could make it a a, a case for, but the Bears were playing good football up until then. Cardinals should have had it on lock. If the Cardinals got in, you would have said yes. The Cardinals deserve. It. The yeah, Cardinals you're right. You're, you're you're right yeah. about that. I just I think it's better to have one team have a buy instead of two. Um, so That's I, why I, I like the, that. Yeah, I I, I, like I liked it. Um, so that was our winners and losers. And you know what? Screw it. We'll be back again. We'll do a winners and losers of the of the Super Bowl, and we'll do winners and losers of the off season because we like it so damn much. We're gonna move on to close out the show, and we're gonna do something's called something, nothing. Or everything. And what we're going to do is I'm going to go around. We're going to bring up a topic and you guys are going to tell me whether it's something, nothing or everything. All right. We're going to start out with the first one. We're going to head up the East Coast. We're shipping up to Boston. <sighs> tell me, Max Coolish, something, nothing or everything with Jason Tatum missing from both games. We talked about it, but I saved it for a little bit later. The Sixers beating Boston without Jason Tatum. I'm going to say it's everything because for that team. He, he is the guy that they put the ball into in crunch time. They they, they have no problem getting the ball to Jalen for time, but he's the guy who starts with the ball in every crunch time position that they have. So I, I just, in my mind, you can't, you can't, it, it's like, I don't, this isn't a, the best analogy, but it's like, it's like beating a team with their backup quarterback. Everyone else could be intact but you know their most important guy wasn't there so you feel like the most fulfilling win all right josh saffron something nothing or everything i i max i get where you're coming from with the everything i did think about it but i i'm gonna go with it's only something just because the celtics they are just so they are so good even without jason tatum and and yeah he's definitely their best player he's definitely a huge factor but the reason it's something for me is actually just because even without Jason Tatum playing in that game, there's no doubt in my mind the Sixers drop at least one of those games, if not both. I mean, we, we, we touched on it a little earlier, watching both of those games, both felt like a loss. I, they never win this game. Um, but I don't think this should be one of those things. To me, like everything means when you play the Celtics again, you, you, you kind of throw out the last two out the window. And, and I don't think the last two games should be thrown out the window at all because what I took out of those two games is there is zero, absolutely no answer they have for Joel Embiid. And Jason Tatum isn't going to be able to help that answer with Joel Embiid. So that's why for me, it's it's only something. But but yeah, it's it's certainly not nothing. And he's he's their number one option. So 
JJ, tell me whether it's something, nothing, or everything. Yeah, Max, I'm, I'm shocked that it's everything for you. I really am shocked that you couldn't see the 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 obvious optimism in there. And the fact that just because Jason Tatum's not in there, they still got a man named Jalen Brown, who actually does his best work when Jason Tatum isn't there and had a 42-point night on on, on Friday, and you still came out with victors. I think that's a big deal, that you over you were able to overcome you know, one of the best scoring outputs of, of the season for the Celtics of the season in the league, he dropped to 42 on y'all. That's big. And you guys still came out with the victory. So it's not like Jason Tatum leaves and there's no playmakers for the Celtics. The Celtics got playmakers all over the court. And one of the biggest ones is Jalen Brown, who might be blooming into an all-star this year. So you still had to deal with him and you still overcame that. You still he beat is. that. So, so so it's just something. It's it's something for me. And, and I, I agree with both of you that Jason Tatum, his absence shouldn't be overlooked. But the fact that he's there doesn't mean it's a, oh, this is a gimme game now. No, because if it was just a gimme game and y'all thought about it that way, that 42-point output by Jalen Brown would have meant a 15-point loss for the Sixers, and it did it. Oh, yeah. Because you guys still closed out the game. You guys still brought it home. So I'm going to go nothing. Woo. I'm going to go nothing. Because yeah, that's, a that's a little wild. That's a little wild. I'm going to go nothing because I don't I, – I just because – and I, I'm trying to be consistent. I'm saying nothing because I'm trying to be consistent. I didn't take any. I didn't take much from that blowout loss to the Nets. So I want to keep my. I want. I want to keep my my kind of my level head. Um, and I say that because they're obviously they're missing Tatum. And uh, for one of those go- for one of those games, the Sixers were also missing uh, Seth Curry. So I don't know how much I can really put stock into that two game series. It's it's kind of. And I get Tatum. I get Tatum. It is greater than sign Curry to the to the overall makeup of both teams. I understand that, but I think for the spacing, I think it the the equation equals out a little bit more over what Seth Curry brings to the floor for other people's games because he's not just a spot up shooter. He's much more than that. You've seen him put the ball on the floor a lot more than he has in past seasons. Um, and two, it's not the playoffs. I don't really care to see. Yeah, I like that. I, I just don't I don't know how much stock I put when you like like we got swept by Boston in the second round last year. I don't really care about anything versus Boston mainly because I just don't like to think about the Celtics. They just kind of give me like heebie-jeebies. I don't really care to, about like anything about the Celtics until I see them in the playoffs. If and when I see them in the playoffs, that's really the result I care about. So right now it's about getting right. Um, keep an MVP and beat on his pace and translating the aggressiveness that we saw from Ben Simmons the other night is about translating that. So I, I, I'm going to go nothing mainly because right now the Sixers, all their goals are, are to stack up wins wherever they can get them to secure home seat advantage in the playoffs. And that's really where I care about the results. Um, so I'm gonna... Oof. All right, I, I was, appreciate I you making that. that hard on yourself to say nothing. So we didn't split it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I try. You know what I mean? So we're going to move on. That's that's a job, right? That's part of the job. So we're going to move on. The second something, nothing, or everything. It's called Frank's Word. Ooh, Frank's Word. Nick Sirianni was based on a recommendation from none other than the Frank, Frankiest of yeah. Reichs. And uh, Max, you brought this up in a little, you, you brought this up in the first half. I didn't want to, that's why I held my tongue. And Max, right. I'm going to start with I feel you. bad now. It's fine. No, 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 no. I, I held my tongue because I want. I know you can expound more on it. All right, you're glowing with the. It's it's not a it's not a positive glow. It's a glow of I have stuff to get off my chest. All right. So tell me something, nothing, or everything. Frank's word. I mean, absolutely nothing. 
I'll save everybody the time. You know, you can you can scroll back if you want to hear me elaborate on it further. But it just it doesn't mean anything. What what kind of what kind of employee what kind of inter employee relationship would it be if Frank Clark was like, no, don't hire this guy. He sucks. He can't take him back at that point. Nobody will want him. He makes an enemy. There's no there's no alternate universe to him ever saying anything. But yeah, I absolutely vouch for this guy. And that's really all there is to it. Who cares? Josh, something, nothing, or everything. Um, well, I guess for me, Frank's word isn't everything, but the fact that he was hired based on Frank's word to me is everything. Like, like that is as that for me, that's a huge everything because while it might not be something new for us Eagles fans, but that was like the nail in the coffin. What the hell have we been doing for the last three years with this Doug Peterson guy? If you were just gonna turn around and say, hey. JJ, what you said, like, what's this guy? Like, Frank, who, who do we get? So, so to me, that, that's just everything that, that, like, what was I watching for the last three years? I could have just skipped the, a couple seasons ahead, like it was some Netflix show, and wait until they brought back this guy. I, I, I just, oh, sorry, I was getting a little worked up there. But no, it's everything, Max. I don't, I don't know. I, I get how you're saying nothing because Frank's word, it's, it's just a pat on the back. But man, oh man, I just feel slighted as a fan that that after all these years, you're just gonna be like, hey, this guy good? Got it. All right, we'll we'll hire him. <laughs> it just it just doesn't it just doesn't sit well with me. And to me, it's everything. The beauty of interpretation. JJ, we, got a, we got a nothing and we got a everything. JJ, what are you going with? I I agree. I agree with Josh. It's everything. And look how hot and bothered Doc Lock got over there. Bothered, That's why. Man. That's why it's everything. And to, to me, almost it, it almost paints the picture of your front office not being able to like do this on their own. Like they, they get almost are like out of fork and they're like, crap, I, I I don't know how to get back there. I don't know. Frank, is, is this the right guy? Is this the With right guy? Casting, like, yeah, casting like, such a wide I mean, net. And you just call back the guy from three years with such a wide net. Oh, I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, no, so, no. That, 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 that's exactly where I was going with it. Well, you you call back the guy who did it. Is like, can you steer us in the right direction? Can you do? Can you do this for us? Is this the right guy? And not being able to evaluate people completely on your own, you know, you just not be able to move on. This is like a lifeline clinging, Frank Reich. Like, you know what I mean? If he, if if if, if this guy, if this guy was good enough for Frank Reich, he's got to be good enough for me. That's the mindset. So that's everything. That's everything. The fact that you guys need to think that way. That's sad. It's sad. As I continue to talk about it, it's sad. Yeah, I think I'm going to go sad. something here, and I think I'm going to go something for for a different for for a different reason. And I'm going to remove I'm going to remove Sirianni from the equation from from what I'm about to talk about. I'm going to go something because I think it means JJ. You touched on it a little bit. I think Josh, you did too. I think it's something, and I, I mentioned this in a previous show. I think it's something because it kind of lends to the fact that Howie Roseman's getting a quote unquote John Elway um, promotion to, to that role of of team president who doesn't make the big decisions. He just makes the trades and the signings and the and the media appearances and the this and the that and the you, you know you get a nice raise for it too like hey thanks for all your all your uh, everything you've done for us and everything like that but like they didn't really trust Howie Roseman to do this on his own. Like it's, and I think that's something, and I don't know. I, and 
I'm, that's not a definitive statement. We haven't heard anything about how you get a, getting a promotion. This is just the, this is the me going one plus one equals two or one plus one equals fish, whatever you, whatever you want to go. You know what I mean? It's, this is what that tells me. This tells me that Jeffrey Lurie doesn't want to fire Howie because for some reason there's like he's Howie Roseman's got something on Jeffrey Lurie, which it's not hard to get incriminating evidence on a billionaire owner. Um, but he was lucky enough to have some of it. So this is along that line of how we get in a take your money and go away paycheck. Um, so I'll say something. Our last something, nothing, or everything. This is what I'm really happy about. This is what I'm really happy about. So A.A. Ron Rogers out in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, um, He he wasn't thrilled with uh, Matt LaFleur and uh, cramming up your cram hole, LaFleur, uh, from from Dodgeball. (laughs) Somehow... somehow decided to kick a field goal and give the ball back to Tom Brady. Like, like, huh? Like who does that? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to kick the ball back. Tom, Tom could, Tom could take this one. Tom, Tom's not going to do it. I don't, Tom's not going to do it. He's, he's like 40. He's not Tom. He's not Tom no more. But his post game, shaky baby, his post game press conference, my man man went like, like metaphysical and and spiritual and was just sitting there ben like, like yo, I don't I don't want to be here so I'm just gonna give you the most reach around like bullshit answers ever and he decides to say to the media yeah a ton of guys futures are are uncertain me included <laughs> like bro <laughs> you you serious like we're doing this right now so something nothing or everything. Aaron Rodgers post game comments and his future with the Green Bay Packers. JJ, I'm I'm gonna be so shocked if any of us don't say everything. If, <laughs> if, if, if it's not a resounding everything across the board, because Banners, you weren't exaggerating when there was a short pause when he said everyone's future or many guys on this team's futures are are in question. One, two. Incline. He he made sure that including mine was felt that that on hit a little different. He looked into <laughs> exactly just like he looked into the camera like including mine. They made a statement. Their first statement was when they moved up to draft a quarterback in the first round. That was statement number one. Okay, heard y'all peep that. Y'all think I'm out the door soon. Here going MVP season now with a fourth and goal and a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You guys take the ball out of my hands and not only elect to kick a field goal that doesn't get us inside of a touchdown, we still need a touchdown to win this game. It made an eight-point lead, a five-point lead. We still need a touchdown. That doesn't really help our cause. And you give it back to Tom Brady to essentially take the ball out of my hands to win the game. That's everything. He's fed up. That's, that's, that's a man fed up. He's tired. He's done. That is a man that is tied. Tired of the BS. He's about to lead. He about to, look, he about to lead AS because he is tired. That was a man that looked absolutely fed up with his organization. After everything I've done for you, how you do me like this? Everything. Max, something, nothing, or everything. Um, I'm just going to say everything. I, I don't 
I don't think he was directly asked about Hitcher. I think I think they just asked yeah. you know, what the the his plan is moving forward. I don't think they directly asked if he was coming back or not. I he made wrong. sure to say. If I'm wrong. Please feel exactly. free to correct me. Um, so I think for that simple fact, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure he went out of his way to say it, and that's really all I need to know. It's it's everything you could think. <laughs> when there's smoke, there's fire. Absolutely. Josh, talk to him. This question was put in here just to talk about it, honestly. It's a resounding everything. And, and JJ, I like how you said the first move was uh, drafting up for the first round. Uh, JJ, I'll say the first move was hiring Mike McCarthy years and years ago. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has, has done everything on his own, it feels like. I, I You guys know I love Aaron Rodgers. I love myself some bad man. And, and it's just such a shame that this – oh, banners, I know you hate it. But uh, it's just such a shame. He's only not. I'm warming up to him. I'm warming up to him. Warming up to him. But I'll get there. It is such a shame for me to see that guy walk out of Green Bay. Now I, I have no, I have no warm feelings for Green Bay. It's just that it was supposed to be. It's like what you said, Max, about the Saints. That's what this one lives with the Packers. Man, is it a dynasty? It was only one ring, and it was all on Rogers' back. Poor guy. Oh boy, what's going on here? He's the closet. Is there a jersey being brought out? Yep. Oh boy. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So, here we go. I have a couple. Okay. Oh man. Yeah. Jared Allen. Okay. Ooh. All day. It's a good one. <laughs> Anthony Barr. Yeah. Hmm. Big T. Adam Thielen. Love yeah. it. Dalvin the Chef Cook. Yeah. Has to. Daniel Hunter, the freak. The freak. Pro Bowl. And my last one is JJ Justin Jefferson. But boys, what I'm here to tell you. What I'm here to tell you is the closet has room for one more. Oh, no. He's got room for one more. Here you go. Years and years of slandering this man, Aaron Rodgers' name, as a division foe. And now you won't welcome him. Now you won't I'm here to tell you that A.A. Ron Rodgers is here to finish what Brett Favre started. Now, Brett Favre was a goof. Brett Favre was a man who would send unsolicited pictures of his junk to a reporter. Mm -hmm. A-Ron's not like that. That's a petty man. That's a petty man right there down in Green Bay. That's a petty man. Now, he he sees what Kirk Cousins is. He's going to come on up. He's going to come on up the highway, and he's going to say, you know what? Those losers down there that wear green and yellow, the people who don't respect us and the people that don't respect me. I'm going to go make their lives hell for three years before I ride off into the sunset, just like Jared Allen did on the back of a stallion. Three three years. I'm going to bring Minnesota's first championship, and I'm going to do it with a smile under my mustache because Lord knows I got disrespected in Wisconsin. So, yes, gentlemen, it is everything. <laughs> my man's going to be wearing purple. He's going to be wearing a ring, and he's going to be looking good doing it. And everything I've said about you in the past, Aaron, don't matter I still no more, stand huh? by it. I still stand by it. You're not the nicest dude. You messed it up with Danica Patrick and Olivia Munn, but hey, Olivia Munn's a Vikings Both fan now because of it. That's all right. Both. We got one. We got a good one right there. That's fine. I thank you for that. But Aaron... I'll take it all back if you could just come on up and get me a nice old little replica ring. So, yes, gentlemen, it's everything. Dude, That's I mean, 
Yes. Sorry. Wow. Thank you. I had to do that. I apologize. Nope. You had your 30. Thank you. Well, I took two 30s this episode. Complete, I don't know if complete, is that, is that... Don't don't think it's lost on me the, the complete 180 you're doing right now. Just because just because he has a, a sliver. And this is how I know you're living in your old world right now. Three years. If he comes up to Minnesota, it's three years. This is how I know that we 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 in a little bit of a trance, aren't, aren't we, James? We a little That's bit how much is left on the contract. I stick to it. Okay. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. So yeah, okay. you know what? I'll do a 180. I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna love it. Call me a hypocrite all you want. Hell, I might even call myself a hypocrite. But guys, hey, I want to say, hey, hypocrite sounds a lot better with a ring on the finger. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. You want right to sell, sell out for a two-year, three-year window to win a championship? Shit. What do you think we do? Hey. I'll sell out. Shoot. Go for it. Take my money. But that's gonna be that's our uh, something, nothing, or everything episode. We're gonna tap it out. We're gonna tap, tap, tab it out. Uh, I'll go, I'll go first. Um, so I don't know if you guys have registered for the, uh, for the vaccine yet, um, for the COVID vaccine yet in Philadelphia. Um, if you did, if you did use it through, um, Philly fighting COVID, I think was, was, uh, one of the ways to sign up for, for the vaccine. Um, Philly fighting COVID was actually just dropped by the city, um, uh, because of their refusal to disclose their, um, for-profit arm. So there's a new website, um, and I believe it's just the uh, so it's phila.gov backslash vaccine interest uh, is where you go to to be put on the waiting list. Um, so I was I was previously signed up through Philly fighting COVID. Um, so they are now being shut down. And guys, I mean, I'm not here to debate the moral the the, the moral efficacy behind um, behind the vaccine. All I'm going to say is if you plan on getting the vaccine. Go for it ra- sooner rather than later. It's kind of astounding. Over in Jersey, there were just 200 uh, vials of expired vaccine that were just thrown out in one day. Um, so, I mean, don't wait. Go ahead and do it. It's We're just wasting vaccines for a, one of the worst viruses known to man. Um, so, so, again, don't go through Philly fighting COVID. They were, they were uh, just uh, dropped by the city. So, again, it's phila.gov backslash vaccine interest. Who's going next? Uh, I'll go next. Go I like thank you, thank you for the uh, thank you for the information. I know you don't want to touch the the moral dilemma of of the vaccine, but like I will like get go get yourself it. get your kids vaccinated. I, like I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. When you know when there's anti-vaxxers out there, anyway. Um, for my tap out, it's a two parter. A little bit one for tomorrow. Uh, I'm not sure if, if many people realize tomorrow is the one year anniversary of when we lost our our dear friend, everyone's dear friend at this point, the late great Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna, along with um, their two teammates and the assistant coach of their Mamba Sports Academy uh, travel team to that tragic helicopter accident. So tomorrow is going to be a tough day for a lot of people. It's going to be a you know a sad day for the sports world again, but you know it, it's a, it's another opportunity. And to take a full 24 hours to, you know, celebrate Kobe Bryant. Remember what he means to you, to the world. Try to find some inspiration because it's not hard to find looking at his life. Um, you know, it's going to be, but we can find a lot of good and uh, and what the Mamba meant to all of us tomorrow. So tomorrow's another opportunity to celebrate Kobe. I'll have my Kobe shirt on all day tomorrow. Um, my second part is, yo, it was a, a tragedy happened in the Jackson household today. My, my little, uh, my 10-month-year-old puppy, Dash. Hope he's doing all right. Had a stool fall on his paw today. Uh, oh, broke, no. two bones, broke two bones Ooh. in his paw today. Little, oh. little pup is, uh, is uh, right now 
at the at the hospital awaiting surgery. He's gonna get surgery either tonight or tomorrow morning uh, to fix that right that top right paw. Expected to make a full recovery. Expected to be okay. But y'all, my uh, but my my man's had a little scare today. It was not. If you've ever heard a uh, a puppy shriek, it's it's one of the most heart wrenching things you'll ever hear. It, it, yeah. it made my whole house go on pause. Everyone ran from every nook and corner they were in the house and ran to the dog. Like it, it's a sound that I literally never want to hear again. That's how that's how heart piercing oh. the sound was. So me and my, my dog have a special bond. We share a birthday. So you know, positive thoughts to my, my twin. He's spending a, a night in a place today. So I hope he's doing okay. Hope they're 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 making it okay for him. But we'll be back and better than ever. We'll bounce back from this twin. Our birthday's coming up soon, so we gotta bounce back. You know. Love it's it. tough, man. I get out because that's this a tough day for my family today. There's a yeah, lot, lot of yeah, now. Best yeah. wishes out to the pup. So, uh, Josh and Max, who's uh, who's got us? Who's tapping us out? I mean, honestly, banners, you you stole my tap out with your opening tap out. What, oh, what, what's, yeah, yeah, what's a tap like a tap in? Your tap in was gonna be my tap out. But uh, I digress. I'll, I'll, I'll self-plug instead. Not not nearly the same sentiment, but um, I'm going to be starting up a radio show with Temple Radio this Saturday. Saturdays with Saffron is going to be 12 to 3. I'm just really looking forward to it. Cause, right, exactly. It's like a three-hour window, like a coward. Awesome. You know, I'm not going to be a yeah. coward to a certain extent. Not a coward guy, but I, I respect the shtick. So I'm just excited to get in front of the mic for three hours riff you know have to play some little games here so hey if you're not doing anything on saturday iHeartRadio whhip 12 to 3 saturdays with saffron come rock out with me there you go man congrats congrats, man if i if i got time i got time on saturday i'll tune in a little bit because three hours of saffron god god help us all god help us all (laughs) that's beautiful man hey josh just told you where you can find him but again i'll tell you where you find us we are ttpl philly Mm. On all podcast platforms, again, Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, some of the other ones, I don't know their names, but they are offered by Anchor. All of them, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us, okay? And remember, we're Trust the Process Live. And remember, we are brought to you by My New Philly, where something's always new and everything's everything's always Philly. Have a great week, Philadelphia. To the bowl with it. To the bowl with it. Fire Fire 10. Fire the cannons.